Away, you moldy rogue. Away. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the final Moldy Rogues podcast. 100 and out. Some believe you should always leave the audience begging for more. Go out on top, they say. Not us. We've dragged this bullshit out to 100 episodes when 10 would have been plenty. The audience here has been kicking and screaming to be let off the ride, and now finally they should be put to rest to go and listen to BBC podcasts about Hunter Biden's laptop or something. Today we have a throwback podcast with two of our favourite features, Is It A Magazine and Would I Lie to Cage, followed by a little goodbye chat at the end and a special goodbye song. James gave birth to a lovely bouncing baby girl last week, and as a result, the corridor of pleasure that has been this podcast has been closed off for the next 18 years or so. Are James and I heroes for making it this far, you may ask, to ignore public pressure and opinion and plough on regardless? That's for others to say, but I must say, in case it's not clear in the rabble of a chat at the end of this podcast, that those of you who have stuck it out to episode 100 are the real heroes. And James and me. We're all heroes, is what I'm saying. One day we will be discovered by a new generation of listeners who will turn to each other with tears in their eyes and say, yeah, some of that was alright, and it will all have been worth it. Thanks everyone, and enough of my gabbing, let's get going. You tell me about publications you have read I don't know if there's truth in the things you have said I know if you love anything, you love an Is It A Magazine segment. This is the one that drives you closest to the edge of the cliff and as such normally an entertaining beast. So I will describe to you three magazines and you will have to decide which, if any, are actual magazines. It is perfect for an audio feature. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. I am. Are you clenched? Very much so. Today's Is It a Magazine in no particular order. Firstly, Jim Clymer Magazine. Jim Clymer Magazine. It's either somebody who climbs in the gym or a magazine about a bloke called Jim Clymer sure. or about people who climb over a bloke called Jim. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll hear the other titles first before I make my final decision. Caravan and Mobile Home Interiors magazine. 
yeah, that's pretty self-explanatory. And that, to me, <laughs> sounds like a real magazine. In fact, yep. I'll be surprised if that's not a real magazine. All right. And the third option is Cage and Avery Birds. Ooh, yep. Cage and Avery Birds. See, that also sounds like a real magazine. Hmm. It's almost like I have learnt from previous episodes. <laughs> <laughs> and they all sound plausible. However, yeah. spoiler alert, they're not all magazines. Could you talk us if, through your uh, thinking, if, if such a thing is possible? Yeah, this is very much a red herring type scenario where I feel like Jim Clymer probably is a real magazine and your Avery Bird Cage magazine is not. I think, as you said yourself, you've learnt that um, coming up with some outlandish title is not the way to play this game. You have to make it sound vaguely realistic. And then what you do is you mix in a couple of real magazines with <laughs> ludicrous titles, a la Jim Clymer. So have you come to your decision? Let's say Jim Clymer and the caravan and motorhome interiors are real and birdcage avery magazine is not real open up number one and reveal to our listener what you are looking at ah (laughs) number one is cage and avery birds yes that is a shame because i feel like it's very much a magazine that could exist and guess what it's all about birds could you describe the cheeky chappy on the front cover? There's a bird with a moustache. <laughs> if the magazine was called Mustachioed Birds magazine, then that I mm-hmm. would pay money for. It's birds. I don't I don't know. Come on. There's Come lots on. of people. There's also, actually, a bit earlier on I saw <laughs> parrots and people with Les Rants. He's called Les Rats. <laughs> Les Rants, R-A-N-C-E. Oh, parrots and people. Parrots and people. And he <laughs> and he also says, the lady who called the smallest a runt had learned her lesson by using such a word on my youngest baby. It turned out to be a very nice sky blue cock. You see, I know all of those are English words, and I mm-hmm. probably understand most of them, but... I've read that sentence three times. I have no idea what he's talking about. I think it sounds like there was a bit of beef in within the parrot community, <laughs> and some woman was bad mouthing one of his parrots. Yeah, but he had the last laugh because he then got his cock out. <laughs> That's what he I got, take away from that. He got story. his sky blue cock out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> we've certainly read magazines where that would be a standard entry in the letters page. The lady who called the smallest a runt had learned her lesson by using such a word on my youngest baby. It turned out to be a very nice sky blue cock. Four times. I genuinely can't understand what he's saying. Explain it to me again. What is Les Rantz talking about? So Les has a couple of parrots, right? And this lady comes in, starts slagging his parrots off, points at the small one, calls it a runt, and Les says, you're wrong, and also have a look at this. And then gets his cock out. Well, then gets his cock out to frighten her away. 
as a warning. I'm guessing sky blue is probably a type of parrot and a cock. Well, yeah, no, I got that. Bird. So what he's that. saying is that she called this little parrot a runt, and then he's yes. like, well, look at it now. And it's like a massive sky blue cock. So in between her calling it a runt and him saying, look now, it had grown. Yeah, I mean, that's part of the life cycle of birds as well as mammals. Yeah, I know. But if you take the piss out of something, what? And then she walked away for a second and then turned around and it was like yeah. a massive human-sized bird. It's like bamboo. It grows really quickly. Lizard's parrot. <laughs> you can literally see it growing. It's like eight mile. It's the equivalent of eight mile of the parrot world. Like when Eminem first goes and raps against that chap, and uh, he just forgets his lines and everything, and the guy yeah. trashes him, and everyone's laughing. The same thing happened to Les in the parrot shop. The woman's like, "Ah, oh, that's a runt," and then all the parrot community were laughing at Les. But then he comes back, he nurtures his little runt parrot, yeah. and then he comes back, and it's um, he's got a massive sky blue cock, and so everyone's <laughs> laughing on the other side of their face. All right, I got there in the end. Could you open up number two, please? See what the next actual magazine was. Ah, oh, Jim Clymer. Now, is it about a guy called Jim Clymer? No. It is, as we suspected, about people who climb in a gym, yep. although that's not really like any gym I have been to. It's people who like climbing walls. Do you know what is odd, though, is that I think I, I genuinely have more to say about pictures of birds and different variations of cages than this magazine. There's an article called Beast Fingers. Zara calls your nickname at university. <laughs> Only to the ladies. <laughs> yeah, please do. Um, <laughs> uh, Always a guy with one arm. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But there's a guy with one arm, right? And then if you look underneath that, there's a rock and then him sticking his, his kind of amputated arm through a hole. What's that? I don't understand what that is. Amputee porn. I mean, that's impressive. That's really impressive. Oh, there's some durable line premium suede shoes. Oh, how much you have to pay for? They're comfortable, though. Well, they'd need to be for climbing, wouldn't they? Not necessarily. It's not like you're walking on them. In fact, I would argue your climbing shoe could be the least comfortable shoe in all of sports. That, that it will may have been any... the, the straw that broke <laughs> my back. That last sentence that you said there. I just caught a glimpse of myself in the screen and uh, just started thinking, what am I doing with my life? Uh, I think it was that, that final sentence that really made things quite melancholic for me all of a sudden. Well, you caught your own eyeline and you thought, oh, shit, <laughs> I wasted my entire life. Basically, yeah. Just saw the years flashing before me on that bombshell. <laughs> I said, put the bunny back in the box.
be arrested, put in airport jail. Would I like to catch? As always, I will read to you five statements about Nicolas Cage, and you must guess whether it is something that he's actually done, or yep. if it is something possibly some dictator around the world did instead. So, number one, the Hollywood Reporter reported in 2012 that Nicolas Cage wanted to breed giant rabbits. An East German farmer who bred rabbits the size of dogs was apparently asked by Cage to help set up a big bunny farm to provide food for family and friends. To get things going, he sent a batch of 12 rabbits to New Orleans, but was shocked to hear they were all eaten at Cage's birthday banquet that year. Uh, no, that's not Nicholas Cage. <laughs> Why not? It ticks all the Cage boxes. And a couple of things that gave it away. You mentioned uh, East German which is a very odd thing to say, given that Cage has mostly been active since the fall of the Berlin Wall. And also, I don't think he would have a banquet for his birthday. So that's when your suspicions were first aroused. It's like playing against Sherlock. Well, Sherlock Holmes' stupid brother. Every now and then you say something insightful. Would you like to guess which dictator this is a true story about? Mm. Khrushchev. <laughs> you think Khrushchev ordered a batch of giant rabbits? No, I don't have any other insight. And it's annoying that you would go, <laughs> you think Khrushchev, Nikita Khrushchev of all people, would order a batch of giant rabbits? Really? And that is very <laughs> annoying. I don't know. <laughs> Well, you should. It is friend of the podcast, Kim Jong-un. Good, 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 good. He was trying to feed North Korea with these giant rabbits, and he ate mm. 12 of them just for his birthday brunch. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Come on, maintain the energy. Only three more, and you never have to do this shit ever again. Go towards the light. It's stop lathering things up. It's just get through them. <laughs> Lathering things up as a thought for you. Okay, here we go. Number three, Cage has also been very public about his love affair with wine. He is so enthusiastic for good wine. In fact, he even flies crates of them to wherever he's filming for himself, the cast, and the entire film crew. He did this on the set of National Treasure, where he had 10 crates of his homegrown wine. Yes, Cage even owns his own vineyard, flown in from France to keep him and the rest of the crew going. Uh, no, Cage. I think that sounds like Johnny Depp. You bastard. It is Johnny Depp. Yeah. How did you know that? Because I know he's got a vineyard in France, or he had a vineyard in France or something. His wife's probably taken that. Um, number four. Nicolas Cage loves strange pets. As fans of the podcast will recall, he once spent $276,000 on a stolen Tyrannosaurus skull. In an interview with the Los Angeles Times earlier this year, Cage said he has a crow named Hoover who lives in a geodesic wait. A geodesic dome. Could you please tell me what is a geodesic dome? Um, I don't know. I don't know why you're asking me. Like, I would know. Uh, and I just 
this is really starting to to try my sanity. <laughs> bearing in mind what for the for the listeners at home, Dan is sat in his apartment, you know, in the evening with a hurricane blowing around him. So he's literally got nowhere else to go. So he's enjoying stringing out these yarns. I, on the other hand, have got a lot of fairly pressing and imminent time constraints. And so the more he plucks away at these tales of Nicolas Cage having a crow in a geodome or whatever the fuck it is that we're talking about now, and then he goes, what do you think, James? Really? You don't think Nicolas Cage has got a pet crow called Hoover? Are you sure? Ah, it's, yeah, it sends me into the depths of despair. So you're telling me you don't have a geodesic dome in your apartment? No, let's never say that word again. That's probably not how you say it. So Cage says that the crow, Hoover, likes calling me names. It's comical, at least to me. When I leave the room, he'll say bye and then go, asshole. Crows are very intelligent, and I like their appearance, like the Edgar Allan Poe aspect. I also like the goth element. I am a goth. True or false? Uh, yeah, I'd say true. He's got a pet that swears at him. Yes. Anything to end this hell for you? Is that what you're thinking? Yes. Yeah, yep. basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is true. Well done. You are four for four. Last one ever. Stay strong. Nicolas Cage loves strange pets. He once said, I love all animals. I have a fascination with fish, birds, whales, sentient life, insects. I don't know why he's listing off. We get it, Nicholas. Animals. I actually choose the way I eat according to the way animals have sex. I think fish are uh, very... Please deep. just... What is the question? <laughs> so whoever this is... is... Don't read this bullshit. I choose what I eat according to how the animals have. Don't tell me any more of this story. Just ask me the questions because it's it is nearly... really upsetting me. <laughs> and I have to sit here and listen to this. I'm getting to the crucial part. He can uh... only eat, he, he can only eat things depending on on how they have sex. So fish are dignified insects. So he right. can eat. Are you doing this on purpose? Right. Are you doing right. this on purpose? <laughs> Birds are dignified shaggers, so he can oh. eat them. Pigs, however, apparently, yeah. according to Nicolas Cage, have weird yeah. sex, so he yeah. can't eat them. He okay. he says, and I quote, I don't eat pig meat. Oh, God. He says, I don't eat pig meat. Or like that. I eat fish and fowl only because, I don't know if I mentioned this, because of the way they have sex. It's a dignified chicken. Please fuck. stop saying dignified oh my word there is there are more details but i'm not going to go into them so is that true does nicholas cage read about how something has progressed sex before he eats them no i don't think it's true johnny depp no no i don't think it's johnny depp i don't think it's nicholas cage i don't know who it is more yeah nikita khrushchev uh, Do you think during <laughs> sounds more like Yuri Andropov <laughs> during the Cuban Missile Crisis? He was drawing yeah. pictures of chickens Stop having sex. Doing this to me, I don't have any theory or even thought about 
any of this. It could just be something that you've made up. You've just put into chat GPT what is going to finally break James, and it's giving you this script. I will tell you, is that, I think is the sound of uh, brain hemorrhage going off in what is left of your brain cavity. Brain cavity? It's the head, isn't it, really? The head cavity that contains well, my the brain. My brain cavity has got a brain in it, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you. No, that is a true story. Nicholas oh, okay. Okay. loves animal sex and eating animals, but not, as far as we know, having sex with animals. Sure. Do you want me to keep talking? Uh, no, no, I think that's tied that one up quite nicely. <laughs> I mean, I think you kept it together pretty well for that, because I don't know if I'm reading between the lines, but you seem a little frustrated. No, no, no. It's uh, about 15 minutes of nails on a chalkboard. A good subheading for our podcast as a whole. Indeed. <laughs> well, that is very much the end of that 100 episodes of Insanity. What do you think, James? How do you feel after the century, Dad? Yeah, no, it's been magnificent, of course. I mean, do you have any uh, particular highlights? So many. So many great moments. How about yourself? It's a hot potato, James. Catch? Um, well, I've been giving it some thought, and there's been a lot of testing and difficult moments where we've been doing the podcast, you know, COVID-19, isolating, all of these things for me, moving to a new country, new job on my own. And I have to say that some of our features have really made me feel a lot more lonely <laughs> and depressed. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, no, no, no. I think... Uh, <laughs> I'm at the final nail in the coffin, some of yeah. them. Yeah. I did enjoy historical top trumps. That's uh, not a feature. Whatever. I can't remember the names of the thing. What was it called? <laughs> it was basically top trumps, but for historical characters. <laughs> well, yeah, I, don't, I think for legal reasons we can't say that. Yes, the historical rumble. Historical rumble, seagull or not seagull? Of course. Looking back on the features, and there have been so many. Yeah. Let's say the uh, Moldy Rogues oeuvre goes up in flames, and you can save one feature from the burning rubble. Which one would it be? Ooh, that's a good question. Because I mean, I always like the ones that you like the least. So well, the more angry you get, the happier I am. Now, I saw the henchman Royale. Henchman Royale was very good, yeah. It was a lot of fun. Play Your Cards Height was probably your least favourite, which... I um, would actively cast that back into the flames if I could. <laughs> which moves that up the list for me. Accent accidents, good. Secrets to a long life. The restaurant, Roldar, of course. Roldar. The restaurant, yes. Hilarious movie death. Anything Bond-related. Yeah, we've covered a lot of ground, haven't we? We really have. I think we got close to 100 features in 100 episodes. Yeah. I'll bet we had about 60 different things. Each episode introduces five new features. <laughs> now, some would say that is two desperate men scrabbling around trying to find something that will stick. That's not how I see it. I see it as adventurers constantly mm -hmm. looking over the next hill for something special. No, no, that's very much how I see it, and I'm sure most people see it. Um, <laughs> I think if there was a tagline for our podcast, it would definitely be quantity over quality. 
<laughs> we should have done that. <laughs> what it lacks in quality, it more than makes up for in quantity. <laughs> yes, it will hammer you into submission. I guess you never actually looked at the listener numbers. Did we ever make uh, double figures? Listen, for me, it's not about brash, no, no, bare it's for bones the it's for the statistics. Art. I know. Exactly. Yeah. It's certainly not about making people happy. We've never been mm-hmm. interested in that. Clearly, it's yeah. just <laughs> it's just about churning this shit out week after week. It's not so... about the enjoyment. It's about the grind. <laughs> in the podcast world, it's the equivalent of chopping wood in Skyrim. <laughs> you know, you know, it's leading somewhere, but you have to just keep going. Who was the chap who invented Scientology? Uh, L. Ron Hubbard. That's it. I was going to say Roald Dahl, but I don't think he had anything to do with it. Um, L. Ron Hubbard. Invented Scientology and wrote The Enormous Crocodile. He is in the Guinness Book of Records as the most prolific author in history. L. Ron Hubbard wrote thousands of books. And I think even his biggest fan would not argue that quality was in any way associated with his output. He just churned out thousands and thousands of books. (laughs) <laughs> so we are the L. Ron Hubbard of podcasts. The Scientologists of podcasts. But without the fanatical, I want to say fanatical fans, but that feels like a <laughs> without, without the celebrity endorsement. That's it. If we'd have had one tweet from yeah. little Tommy Cruz. But, yeah, it's uh, a shame he doesn't listen. We haven't slagged him off. He hasn't really featured. Have we slagged anyone off? Not really. I mean, we said a couple of slightly harsh things about Hitler when he was in Top Trumps, Top Trumps. But I mean, he's yeah. had it coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, there was a, there's quite a lot of serial killers at one point. We went through a phase of uh, <laughs> where it's quite serial killer heavy, I remember. It, <laughs> just, it, was the, uh, it was the restaurant that was the main thing. It was sort of, okay, James, now sommelier. Would you like Vince Vaughn or Pedro the Screwdriver, Brazil's most notorious serial killer? If we got in the kitchen, it's Ving Rames or Dr. Harold Chipman. Ah, so many glorious memories. And I think it's only right for us to finish up, James, with a little music in the style of the podcast. Always a big fan of music with some classic memories to send us on our way. Take care, everyone. You go careful now, my love. I'm 36 this year, (laughs) arguing with my friend about whether Optimus Prime is stronger when he turns into a truck or not. You're listening to the Moldy Rogues podcast. And then he shot himself. And look at this. Don't put that in. (laughs) A woman. Stuck on that table, eating the nuts of please. Mantar. Jumping from a plane is very much the same as driving. Could go your way, could go mine. And then I think we have finally found the rock bottom. Hey, me fella. Ah, oh, I know. Oh, the boss. Wow. Oh, 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 Not for me. It's the sweet taste of Jason Statham's humbugs. Oh, that sounds like a really good feature. You can't make a tomlet without breaking some grapes. Ah, the French champagne.
Ooh, the Grim Reaper beckons. 